Gen Divide is the best podcast on the planet. Just sit back and relax. Enjoy it, dang it. Gen Divide, such a cool idea um, to have grandfather and granddaughter doing a podcast. I'll have to check it out. Grace, what episode number is this? 47. 47. Welcome to the 47th episode of the Gen Divide podcast. I am Scott. And I'm Grace. And we have got a guest with us today for our seventh, eighth album review. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what this is, but we've got my good friend, Bart from North Carolina, on with us for today's album reviews. Bart, how are you doing? I'm great. How are y'all doing? We're good, man. We are good. How is uh, North Carolina? North Carolina is wonderful. Beautiful day here today. So it's been a while in the making, this podcast. I don't even know. This, <laughs> right. is, this is how it works for us now, Bart. Uh, we have these bursts where we get like 10 episodes done in two weeks, and then we yeah. go two months, always, mm-hmm. usually dependent upon Grace's uh, school schedule. And she, she kind of had to get through golf season and a few other things yeah. here in the spring. Yeah. So push us Great. back a little bit. Grace, I got to think I w- I've been the most uh, requested person as far as the number of times I've requested Scott to be on the podcast. <laughs> I, 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 I've yeah. given him a hard time for months and months now. There's been a mix. I would say there's there's definitely a few people that have said, oh, OK, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, not really wanted. Not really wanted. Then there's yeah. been some like our buddy that said, yeah, I'll do it, but then was almost just unable to make it work time frame wise, which I get that. Yeah. Uh, then there's been some that have jumped at it, you know, and, and even said, I want to do it again. Bring me back. Yeah. Well, y'all do a great job with it. I'm very impressed. And the only thing I will say is it'll be so interesting to me to hear y'all's voices because I always listen to them at 1.5 speed. Yes. So, <laughs> I don't, yeah. what, how slow you'll actually talk today, which actually would be good to respond to, but yeah. Listening to the podcast at, at faster speeds is my norm. I do that as well. And I also do the little, I do it all through, uh, I can't remember the app, but it has trim silence. So if mm. there's a moment of silence like this, cuts it all out. It's just gone. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's just I, like, I, I, I didn't help you with the silence. Yeah. No, that's okay. But uh, you get what I'm saying. So yeah. then what I find though is if I bring it back down to normal speed, mm-hmm. they sound drunk. I think mm. people are just like, yeah. what's wrong with them? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I will say at one point five speed, everybody sounds so much smarter. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when you trim the silence, it makes a big difference too because there's no pondering. It's just mm-hmm. like, man, they are just on fire on right now. On They're it. rolling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's. Uh, so real quick, then, just to get to what those albums are, we've got. Um, we let Bart pick the one from his generation, which is also my generation, as we graduated from high school together. And it is Beastie Boys, License to Ill. And Grace, what'd you pick? I chose Juice World's Legends Never Die. Awesome. So uh, we'll get to the albums. What I wanted to do first is kind of give a little bit more, or have Bart give us a little bit more background. But before, and Bart knew this was coming. In fact, he tried to ruin it before we started, <laughs> like saying, I know Scott's going to tell that same story. Yeah. But Grace, have you ever heard the story of the first time I met Bart? 
No. Are you serious? So. No. You've definitely heard so. it. You just weren't let listening. Me start, let me start oh, this, Grace, okay. with this has the typical Hyler um, expansion <laughs> of a story that happens over time where he, <laughs> he expands what, what all the different parts are and to what he thinks is the best, well, which I think your grandpa is also very good at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just what my uh, memory has in it right now. This is how it happened. <laughs> so in after my freshman year of high school, um, the there was a change in the athletic department. The head football coach retired or, or whatever, and a new football coach was, was brought on, hired. So anyways, that brings with it a lot of other new football coaches, one of those being Bart's dad, uh, who came and was the defensive coordinator at, at our high school. And but uh, before we really knew anybody, I'm sitting there in the first day of school, my sophomore year, and I'm in Spanish class. And you knew a lot of people. I didn't know anybody. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know anyone. That's, yeah, he didn't know anyone. I know a lot of people. Uh, but anyways, back then, Grace, my life centered around sports as a spectator more than a player. Probably even I grew up watching ESPN uh, in 30 minute increments five times in the morning before I even went to school, just soaking it all in any way I could. So anyways, I'm sitting in Spanish class, and it was almost like it happened in slow motion. The door (laughs) bursts open, and this kid walks in I'd never seen before in my life. The smoke billows underneath. (laughs) (laughs) There was like a a smoke machine behind him. It may have been like uh, Don't Stop Believing" by Journey started coming over the PA. And... uh, and Bart walks into the room, and he is wearing uh, cotton <laughs> cotton warm-up pants. None of this is true, Grace. None of this is true. <laughs> cotton warm-up pants with New York Mets going down the leg and a Duke uh, Blue Devils basketball jersey. And at the mm. time, those – at that <laughs> it's time – It's not a jersey. It's not yeah. a jersey. It's not a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. He probably, he probably got sent home later that day because we weren't allowed to wear tank tops. But, tank top, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he – he, uh, and at the time, those were like two of my biggest teams in terms of teams I rooted mm-hmm. for. And I was like, what in the world? And I was like, what is happening right now? I had to do one of these, Grace, where I rubbed my eyes real good and did a double take at it. Yeah. What is happening? The coolest and guy ever. Yes, from that point, uh, I said, this guy is going to be one of my best friends, and that's how it happened. And uh, <laughs> it went from there pretty fast. We became good buddies. He was in my wedding. He is someone that I make it a point. I mean, we make it a point to get together once a year. The two of us and some of our other friends and uh, lifelong friend, Bart. Love you, man. Love you too, buddy. Grace, I will say this. There is no way I was wearing <laughs> cotton warm-ups <laughs> my first day of, out of school <laughs> as a sophomore in high school. I, I, I might have given, I might have at some point during the year worn a New York Mets or a Duke uh, t-shirt, but there's no way, no way. I would. Yeah. I, would I, I can guarantee I was probably wearing a Tommy Hilfiger polo and Ooh. a, a uh, Jabot jeans. Yes. It's, probably, it's probably what I was wearing that day. Yes, uh, probably. But again, how my memory holds it. <laughs> but I, and I don't know how quickly we realized that we had, like, because we were both Duke fans and New York Met fans in Bryan, yeah. Texas. I know. And uh, that was an immediate, like, kinship for us. And I 
And maybe it didn't happen like that the way he walked in, but somehow we realized quickly we had some similarities there. I just I remember Scott sat behind me, I think, or maybe to the side of me, but whatever. He always had a comment. You know, he was always making snide jokes throughout the whole class. Uh, and so I, I just knew this guy was pretty cool. Yeah. And I had to get to know him better. You see what it takes to be cool, Grace? A class <laughs> yeah. clown. Class yeah. clown. That's right. Grace, are you a class clown? No, not at all. Not at all? No. It skipped all of them. Did it really? Yeah. I don't think... You think Dylan's a class clown? No. No. They all could be. They just didn't... They didn't have people... They don't have people laughing next to them. It's probably like, if you wouldn't have laughed the first time, I would have stopped, Bart. But then you laughed, so it was just like... You were I will say Scott got funnier over time. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe like by the time you're a freshman or sophomore in college, you'll really hit your stride. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Um, so Bart, let's talk a little bit about uh, your childhood, high school. You mm-hmm. grew up uh, as a coach's kid. You grew up. I know about Howe and I know about Denison, but other towns yeah. too, right? Yeah, there were a few others in between there. Um, I grew up, I was born in Gulfway. We moved to Detroit, not Michigan, but Texas. Um, and then from Detroit to Howe, Howe to Denison, Denison to Bryan. And then, you know, graduated from high school in Bryan. So, in what year did we graduate? 1995. That's right. The class of 95. <laughs> 95. Um, and uh, what was it like coming to Bryan, which was, not a big city. It's not like Houston or Dallas or anything like that, but it's a big, big college town, oh, yeah. I guess, you know? Um, well, it felt like a big, it felt like a big city because yeah. you know, I was, Denison was 28,000 or so people, one, one high school, uh, you knew everybody. I at least spent the majority of my time there from um, fifth grade to ninth grade. So I felt like I knew, knew the place well, knew everybody, they knew me. And then now you're going to a new town. I think the one thing that stood out immediately was having a lot of different friend groups, you know, having people that you thought were fun and cool in, in all different areas, you know. And so introducing yourself or getting to know, I didn't, probably didn't introduce myself to anybody, but <laughs> getting to know people, <laughs> however it happened, um, at different levels. For It just was cool to have um, in different niche groups of people that were fun and interesting. So awesome. that was, that was what I remember the most, but I can definitely relate a lot to Bridgeport. I think the size of Bridgeport is probably about in between Howe and Denison is my guess. You know, it's like a what, 4A now. 4A. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, the old 3A basically, but yeah. The old 3A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. House was is probably 3A now. Denison's 5A now, but yeah. Um, can relate a lot to, what it felt like growing up in a town of y'all size. And I love it. I mean, I love y'all's town. I've visited y'all there, or at least Scott some, and, and just gotten to know it better. And I think it's great. I think what y'all, y'all do in the community is fun too. I mean, the fact that y'all in the, on this podcast include a lot of different people. And um, I think it's cool. I think it's, it's a great way to continue to build up your community. Are y'all the only podcast in Bridgeport or is there others? Ooh. That's a good question. Um, I don't want to say yes because if we're wrong, there might be some other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get called out. 
You're not trying to start beef. No, you mean, in the, don't in the Bridgeport beef. podcasting community. Beef, beef no. might be in our slang trivia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't know who it would be. Maybe you know there was always uh, discussion in the last couple of years of some of the like media groups within the school trying mm-hmm. to do it uh, and yeah. just do a year long one kind or whatever. But I don't know if that ever happened. Yeah. Did you know we just at Bridgeport uh, High School just hired the athletic director and head coach from Sherman? No, really. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I know. So I kind of. I didn't. I didn't realize that Denison's head coach also went to a very small town my, that my parents live in, Tioga. Really. Denison's head coach went to Tioga, Texas. Wow. I know it's a big, big shift for him. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think this would be from sure. I guess Sherman or Bridgeport's not huge in terms of size or whatever, yeah. right? But um, I don't know. I did think I kind of. Uh, my my only objection was my tie to Dennis. <laughs> That's right. Sherman <laughs> like, was our bitter, I was bitter like, rival. Yeah. How many times did he win the Battle of the Axe? That's all that yeah. matters, right? He didn't answer that question well. No. I know that. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they've won it like 13 straight times, Dennis yeah. and I. Yes. I think it's been, it's been somewhat lopsided rivalry lately. Yeah. What were you into in high school, Bart, for Grace's sake? Oh, gosh. Sports, sports, and more sports. It was constant. I mean... Scott's right in the sense that that was my only connection points to everything was uh, pro sports, college sports, high school sports as a son of a coach. I grew up going to games in the locker rooms. I, I tell people, especially like here in North Carolina, that Friday Night Lights was definitely my childhood in some ways. I mean, being the son of a coach, you lived and died with what happened on Friday nights at football games. And you were just so enamored with whatever was happening. So I was a ball kid all throughout my elementary and middle school years, probably when I shouldn't be at that point. You know, I was too old to be out there on the field doing that. But I I did that. And once we moved to Bryan, I actually stopped playing football. Scott knows this, but I I only played baseball and then tried to play basketball, which is a funny story in and of itself. But I played baseball all the way through, but I always wish I would have played more and, and just tried more sports. And, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, my connections were, were strong into sports. I had an older brother and he was a pretty good football player and he actually moved to Brian before I did. So I got a chance to meet and get to know some of his friends. And I got lucky there cause I was, you know, he was already kind of integrated with a lot of different people. So I was always able to, kind of just go along with the flow. It's, it's nice to have an older, older sibling. Did you help your kids out? Did you help your, uh, your siblings out that way in, in school or I guess being in the same town, you kind of get, I can see this is what I can remember. It is the big difference between Denison and Brian moving there is, you know, Denison, my brother had nothing to do with me. He could care less who I was. Cause I'd already had my friends, my friend group, all whatever. Mm-hmm. But at Brian, at least he looked out for me a little bit more. I mean, no, for me, there's really not much of a need. You know, I, I used to be, I used to always ask them, Hey, do you need help with anything? Or like, I would try to help them with stuff. And they're like, no, I'm good. Cause Dylan's not in high school yet. Is she? No, she's going into high school next year. She don't want to hang around one more year just to help her out. No. Yes, she would. <laughs> yes, she. Would. <laughs> no, no, the, no, the discussion was rather: could we get Dylan bumped up a grade? Yeah. Could, oh, there you go. Could Dylan skip the eighth grade and come straight year. to high school? That'd mm-hmm. have been great. 
Which she probably could have, but I don't know if that would have been the right thing. She was <laughs> well, interested. Dylan, and Dylan and Maddie won't be in the same. Will they ever be in the same school? They'll have one year of high school together. Yeah, freshman okay. and senior. There you go. Well, you'll have to make her know that she needs to you know, pass along all those great things. Mm-hmm. I never knew that you and your brother... I mean, I, I'm sure y'all were close as brothers are or whatever, but I would almost like have put y'all into a special category that one year because when you guys came, he was a senior, you were a sophomore, yeah. and I kind of thought of you guys as like best buddies, just attached <laughs> at the hip. Seriously, because a lot Not of my all. a lot of my memories from that year were uh, kind of more tied to you, obviously, but I have a lot of moments in my mind that I can remember both of you talking with both of you and just feeling like y'all, there was one where y'all were pulling a prank on me as to a sibling that y'all had. I don't even want to go into that. We won't won't get into the details. That was very the childish (laughs) aspects of of, being a high schooler. But just thinking like both of you had the exact same everything you know yeah. which made it believable we had that joke selling. down we've done yes. that on a few times yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, grace you don't want to know this joke this is it actually it, it, it bodes well for this episode because i honestly think between the beastie boys and and juice world too there's a great deal of immaturity there oh, yeah yeah in both these yeah. albums right yeah. and i feel like that you know reminds me of my immaturity during those years as well oh yeah that it was that a one very... story yeah, you could see it. It does. I mean, you think of that story. It feels like the Beastie Boys could have put a song about that on their album. <laughs> well, for the listening audience, which I'm sure is, is huge, and they're just dying to know what this story is. I it will, doesn't. I will let it, it, of course, it doesn't age well in my mind. It doesn't age well. No. no, I will say. I will say. Oh, the best way I can say it is my brother and I joked, which is terribly embarrassing at this point, that we had another sibling who. Uh, didn't live with us in the city or town that we lived in, lived somewhere else. And, and I'll, I will say it, Scott, because I will embarrass myself for this episode. <laughs> no one I know probably is ever going to listen to it, that we said that she didn't have a, any arms or legs. Is, and so we, we basically said our sister didn't have any arms and legs. And unfortunately, was- we, we named her Nita, which... And it, between he and I was funny because it was need a pair of arms, need a pair of legs. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Did you sad. believe I, this, I Dad? Did you believe <laughs> hey, it? Hey, again, let's repeat. We didn't you tell were kids people that's part school. of it. Yeah. Yeah, we were kids in high school. Yes. Trying terrible. to get to know new kids. This was your <laughs> way. This was your end. <laughs> <laughs> that was our end. You made all of us feel sorry for you. And then well, <laughs> I hate to say it worked really well with girls. We probably didn't use it that much with guys. <laughs> we probably only used it on girls. Yeah. But, you know, my brother, before we moved there, had, you know, he he had his own friends. I had my own friends. He was driving. He hated the fact that he had to drive me places or pick me up. I can remember many a time where he would come pick me up and he'd be mad at me. So uh, <laughs> that was kind of our world in Denison, um, which, Grace, I know. Are you driving now officially? You've been driving yes. for a while. I, yes. I remember the episode where you were doing driving lessons, right? Or Mm-hmm. going for your Struggling permit with that a little have, have yes. you are you having to drive uh, your sisters around town yeah but it's i don't know i really like driving and it's not that much so yeah i'm good with it good yeah around town here is literally like it's three minutes wherever <laughs> yeah. you're going you know? three minutes wherever you go <laughs> yes well i think for my brother it was more like the you know 
it's nine o'clock at night. I'm at a friend's house. He has to go pick me up. He's doing something else. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to do it. That was probably where a lot of that came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one good story for me with your brother. And I think I have shared this with grace before, but your brother was, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say he was the reason he's the reason I have a tattoo. And do you remember this? Oh, no. Is Bart frozen or is he just being that still Uh-oh. right now? Oh, yeah, I think it's frozen. Bart, I don't know what's happening right second. now. Hopefully he's still recording us. I thought maybe I that so. was just his shocked look at how I was, how I was <laughs> blaming something. All right. Oh, I right. can. Right. I hear you now. How'd that work? Huh. All right. I got you. Okay. If it kept We're recording back. through all that, uh, all the him hauling. But did you hear what I said? Your brother's the reason I have a tattoo. Yes. Do you remember, I remember this? The, I, yes. <laughs> I remember the story well. I'm surprised you're willing to say that yeah. share this story. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't care at all. Um, the, it, is my, it was my first and it is still my only uh, tattoo. <laughs> Even though that's one thing, uh, Bart, me and each of my children have a plan to get tattoos together. Nice. Uh, but we'll see if that actually happens. In fact, uh, last week... Are you going to add on to your location? You have to let the listening audience yeah. know where that location so, is. Are you going to add a new location? To tell the story real quick. So Bart, Bart's brother is awesome, just like Bart. And we were hanging out one night. This was We were in college. And I guess your brother was in town visiting, probably, because I remember we were at the warehouse, which was this yeah. big, large building that one of our friend's dads converted into a living, a livable space for all of us. But we were there and I can remember, I feel like everyone, most people had left and we were playing ping pong and he was dead set on getting a tattoo that night. And I was like, you know, uh, I'd had some, uh, liquid courage at that point. And I was like, Hey, I'm (laughs) in, I'm in, let's do this. We had two, uh, Grace, just to show you how special this place was. We had two tape, tattoo parlors right across the street from us in either direction. So you had lots of yeah, options. Yeah, there were options. There were definitely <laughs> options. And uh, But my biggest memory is of it is is being like, yes, let's go. Let's do this. Right now, we leave, we go. He's going to go first, right? And there's a yeah. Friends episode where Phoebe and uh, Rachel, Rachel do the same yeah. thing. But anyways... He goes first, and of course, tattoos don't, it's not like a quick thing. I mean, it takes a while for them to draw and do, and of course, as he's doing that, all of that courage I spoke of earlier <laughs> was wearing off, and all, all of a sudden, it was changing from putting it like between my elbow and shoulder, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I was thinking at that time, which I think it was going to be like a, a Viking riding a, you know a falcon or something like that into the sun or something. I don't know. Well, I can remember going over there and you having no idea what you yeah. wanted and you spending the whole 45 minutes or however long it took him to get his to decide what you were going to get. Yes. And I thought, yeah, Scott's going to be super creative. He's, yeah. You know, creative guy. He's got all this courage right now. Again, wearing and, off quickly, yeah, <laughs> wearing <laughs> off quickly. And, but he also could, I could hint the fear that he had, cause we were probably only freshmen in college. Yeah. And he was like, he definitely did not want Ed, Ed or Patricia to know about this tattoo. Yes. He, he did not want Ed and Pat to know about it. So he, he was um, trying to figure out where do I put it? And also what do I get? Yeah. But it starts off really creative and really bold and it keeps getting smaller and smaller, smaller. <laughs> and location gets harder and harder to find. Yeah. So for the audience, so what do you end up with? What it ended up being is, and your brother 
did on his arm and I believe it's yeah. initials, maybe a little football plus his, relation. Plus his number 47. 47. Which is yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, though, in the moment, made all the sense in the world. And uh, <laughs> mine ended up changing to uh, just my initials, S-A-H, in, ti- in Times New Roman font on my right thigh at about font size, I don't know, 28, something like that. Mm-hmm. That's and, how quickly and probably on your right thigh, like the five inch scene mark. I mean, it's up there. High. Yeah, it's, it's up not, there. <laughs> it is. It's, it's, up not, there. it's not it's where it's ever going to be seen no. by a good pair of shorts. Every, every once in a while, it's visible at the gym. Like if I'm doing something where you have to do like 40 sit ups in a row because my shorts <laughs> just kind of slowly glide down my thigh. And it has been, there's been a, a few instances where someone's like, man, did you have a tattoo? I'm just like, ah, yeah, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about it. Are <laughs> it's you not a, my Grace, fault. When, yeah, are you a fan Grace, of when good when did you fonts? see this tattoo? Were you, do you remember seeing the tattoo for the first time? I, I do. I do remember it. And I, I, I guess I, I was like, there, there's no way he has a tattoo. <laughs> and also, why <laughs> is it his initials? <laughs> Why is it such a bad tattoo? <laughs> so original. Yeah. So creative. I know. And then it's, it's, such a great it's turned location. into, do you, do you build upon that? And that's kind of what I've thought is like eventually mm-hmm. do something. Uh, I say eventually. Maybe when I turn 60, I'll do this. <laughs> is like, you said you have a family pact. What's the family pact? I don't, well, it's kind of up to them. Like Dylan. Uh, it be whatever we want. Dylan okay. has talked about doing a weasel that's in a hot in a hot tub smoking a cigarette and and it's a whole back portrait. yeah she wants a whole back tattoo that's great yeah we'll see though she's just pushing pushing the envelope she is i think she's seeing at what point i'll go no we can't do that, can't do that. and grace that's what is yours awesome. do you know yet or is it morphing over time it's it's i'm still working on it I want it okay. to be something simple and small. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't think getting a tattoo is actually a good idea. <laughs> Unless you can Y'all come can up with something gen- really good. Yeah. The gen, gen, the gen divide logo. Yeah, just right? real ba- big on our back. Face <laughs> so tattoo. When we, so we went to uh, Tarleton a couple mm-hmm. or a week and a half ago. That's where she's going to go. And uh, uh, yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. And right across the street from the front of the university, like the entrance, you know, to the university mm-hmm. is a Texan tattoo. All and right. uh, I said, there it is, Grace. Let's just there go in is. there right now. It's like 11 a.m. You want to beat her. You want to beat her to the punch. Yeah. Like her freshman, sophomore, junior years, what she's going to experience. You're like, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Yeah. That, Let's do the dad the dad daughter tattoo, so you don't have to you know do anymore. Because that's what all the cool kids will be doing. Grace. <laughs> I got yeah. this one with my dad. Yeah, look at this, y'all. <laughs> my sister talked us into getting a weasel with a hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> but it is smoking a cigarette. Yeah, smoking a cigarette. So I don't know. Could be good. Yeah. Fun tattoo times. Mm-hmm. Um, that so. Uh, again, I think we've touched on enough background stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you are now at, uh, and this is one of the crazy things. Just again, we've already mentioned in this grace that we both had this this kinship and that we were fans of Duke basketball as kids. We both were in Texas 
And at the time we met each other in Bryan, Texas, it has nothing to do with Duke, which is located in North Carolina. And they'd had success. And my initial reason for following them was actually when they lost to Louisville in Mm -hmm. like 86. I fell in love with Mm -hmm. them then and just kind of kept paying attention to them, watching them. But uh, we, we go on to college. We live together. Eventually he goes to Baylor uh, kind of leaves where we were in Bryan College Station and uh, goes to Baylor. And I can remember the day you calling me because um, <laughs> you'd gone to graduate school at Baylor as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you called me. So I think we were already living in Keller because I was out and maybe even we, me and Amy were married. And he called yeah, and said, I think you'd gone to some type of conference show or whatever kind of related to sports marketing which is what your your degree was in you and you and you said you were talking to duke university about a job and just being like what what is (laughs) happening right now why am i working at a call center in keller texas and you're going to duke (laughs) university well things like that little things happen along the way grace you get to you know, meet people and find people that you know people and all of a sudden you're in places you never thought you were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I will say my love of Duke actually can coincide with my our Beastie Boys song here. Really? Because, oh, yeah. So um, Beastie Boys came out in 1986. I was living in Denison. And the first time I ever heard it was actually at a friend of mine's house. He had an older brother, Jeff Rules. Jeff was the coolest guy I've ever met in my life, to me, as a 10-year-old, yeah. or whatever I was mm-hmm. when it came out. And he had a Duke Blue Devil poster. And I had no idea what Duke was. I had no idea, you know, anything about them, really. This was probably 1986. And they had just gone to the national championship, I think, in 86 or 87 with Johnny Dawkins and that team. So all of a sudden those two things collide and and the memories. And it's just how funny, how songs bring back memories and albums Mm -hmm. bring back memories. And this one definitely ties to that time in my life. And I can remember very distinctly, you know, Jeff Rolls and him having that poster of Duke university. So you never know where those little things will come in life that will, you know, get you where you're going. So gosh, think about all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden now I live in North Carolina. But I was a big fan, I will say. I, I, I grew up, you know, Scott and I grew up in the era where we got Sports Illustrated would come to us and you didn't have as much media exposure as you do now. So you you would get bits and pieces. And I can remember I would, and this is dumb of me, but I would, every Sports Illustrated that came that had anything to do with Duke, I would cut it out and I would put it on my wall. So I had, and in my room, I had, I mean, just going back to who I was, every type of sports poster, but then every all these cutouts of random things from Sports Illustrated, like Duke playing in the, you know, Elite Eight or whatever it was at that time, and, and just a little cutout pictures, and then the New York Mets and pictures of uh, Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry and people like that, which mean nothing to you, but, but definitely <laughs> were, were were big for Scott and I during that time. In fact, Scott and I played fantasy baseball for the first time in like, what year was that, Scott? You think it was out of the back of a, not that he, not that you care about this <laughs> <Yeah>. either, <laughs> but out, 90, the, out of the back of a magazine two, when it three, first came out. Yeah. Somewhere. And, and our, the name of our team was Doc and Daryl's 86. Ooh, you remember that? No, I didn't. Now I do though. You, That's you remember awesome. it now? Yes. Doc and Daryl, which Dwight Gooden was named Doc Gooden yeah. and Daryl Strawberry. That's so. fun. 
That is awesome. It was a play on words. It was so deep, yeah, Grace. It was so deep. so so deep. Um, but now you're back at Duke. So you went to Duke, yep. left Duke for a little bit, uh, yeah. got married, have had a had a couple daughters, mm-hmm. um, and now you're back at Duke. Yeah. Well, like I will say I, I I grew up in Texas. I thought that probably I would always live in Texas. Never thought that I would even leave Texas and necessarily, but um when I got the opportunity at Duke, I left and met my wife here. And then she was from Nashville. We moved to Nashville and, you know, just by people we know and relationships, she got an opportunity to come back here and now we're back here. So it, it's, you know, just back to what we were saying before, you never know where you're going. Yeah. You know, if you if you keep your options open and, um, and I feel like that's that's what I was able to do at some some level. Yeah. And you never know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be back in Texas. Well, and, and, I, I always leave that opportunity open. I always have thought too. It's kind of even tied to probably being a coach's kid, and the how yeah. you talked about at the beginning, going from one town to another. You're far more open to that. It made you far yeah. more open to going to Waco to go to Baylor, probably, yeah. and then mm-hmm. from Baylor to North Carolina and. You were in Austin mm-hmm. for a little bit, I know, as well. So, I mean, yeah. uh, just kind of having that probably set that up for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. So, I know both of us, uh, Bart actually has some trivia for us, Grace. Mm-hmm. And we yes. have some trivia for you, Bart. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what we're going to do is we're going to do your trivia first. All right. Save ours right. for the end. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll do the album reviews kind of in the middle. We'll talk about them a little bit okay. in the middle. So set up your trivia. What do you got for us? All right. Well, so I'm thinking because we're doing rap albums that we do, you know, rap slang trivia, hip hop trivia, urban trivia, just sort of. And it's more so around the words, the phrases. Right. What do they mean? And it's multiple choice. So we can alternate between the two of you. And I'm thinking maybe we give like, you know, so uh, uh, we can go either way. We could say you get the, all the multiple choice and you get to choose, or we can say that you just have to say it and then the next person can steal if they want it. Okay. You know, and then we can do multiple choice. So it's up to y'all. But we have a, you know, say we say with the first one to 10 is the winner. I like it. I like it. And Grace, I'll give you the honors. Oh, right. even, oh, even though you love rap so much. Uh-huh. Yeah, Grace. <laughs> and this is from both genres from, you know, Early 80s, mid 80s, 90s to hopefully even now, if I assume, because I don't think I will know any of these things either, too. So I've, I've done my research awesome. here, pull some of this up. So, Grace, you get to go first. We'll give you the question. Awesome. You get to answer. If we get to. So if Scott wants to steal, he can maybe jump in and steal right away. But you only get one chance at it, Scott. OK, I got but it. But if. If then it goes to multiple choice, Grace can choose the multiple choice. How about that? Got it. That's All perfect. All right. So so we'll start off with if someone is spitting, what are they doing? Um they're rapping. Are they go they're ahead. rapping? They're rapping. One oh, there you go. Oh, very go. nice. <laughs> one oh, one oh Grace. All right, Scott, you're up. Okay. If you're cooling it, what are you doing? Just hanging out? I'll give it to you. You're relaxing. Relaxing. Just <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> cooling it. Cooling, cooling it does sound right. way cooler. High stress. So we got one one, one, one. One, one. Grace, you're up. What is a hoopty? Oh, God. Um, is it a car? 
Uh, what kind of car? Hang on, we'll say okay. what kind of car. No point yet. Um, <laughs> Off the board. It, uh, I'll give you. The, I'll give you some options. Is it a Mercedes, a Lamborghini, a brand new car, or a junky car? Um, a junky car. A junky car. It is. Nice. Okay. Two nice. to one. Uh, very good. Very good. All right, Scott. This may be. These all may be too easy. Well, we'll see. Uh, Scott, if someone tells you to meet them at the telly, what do you do? <laughs> Give them Where do you go? To, to a, a, a payphone? Oh, I'm going to say X there. X. That is, it, is, it, it is not as you would think. The telly. I don't know. The telly. Grace, do you want to try to steal for a point or do you just want to give this one up? Um, Doesn't hurt you. It won't hurt you. Television? I don't. Uh, the it, telly is going to the hotel. Oh, oh. gosh. I don't it know. Is, oh it's gosh. tough because telly, you would think yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. If you're going somewhere. Oh, man. I didn't know what else it could be. Going to the telly. Grace, take advantage yeah, of this moment right here. All right. You're so, up 2 so, one, yeah, and Grace you got the ball. up 2-1. Back to Grace. Grace, what is a rolly? Um, a watch. Yeah, what kind of watch? Let me uh, give you that. Rolex. Is a Rolex. There you go. I was gonna we'll say joint. <laughs> joint. A Rolex. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, rolls it up. All right, Scott. So you're down three one, yeah, right? Back against the wall. What does MC stand for? Master of Ceremonies. Very nice, very nice. I would not have gotten Three, that two. one. I've asked what the answer to that question yeah, was before, just and I did not, yeah. and just, I didn't, I wouldn't remember. Yeah, it. and it was like, well, what does that have to do with being a rapper? And I was like, well, well we can go there later. Yeah. yeah, that's it. All about Beastie Boys. So, what are so Grace? Where you're up? Three, two. What are twenty inch blades? Oh no, I've heard this before. <laughs> um... <laughs> Is it, Scott, you can jump in and steal, yeah, but I'll say. I know it. <laughs> oh, no. Rims. Feel it. Rims. Rims, Rims or wheels. Okay. So 3-3. Just, three, like three. Just like that, Grace. <laughs> Dang and it. it's my ball. That was 20-H Blades on the Impala. Yeah. That was one of the songs. I was about to tell era. you if you could put it in the rest of that lyric, you might have figured yeah, it out. I didn't know the words to the rest of that, but I could hear it in my head. So th this is 3-3 three, three, back to Scott? Yep. All right, Scott. Who is your bae? Your girlfriend. Nice. Yeah. Or your significant other. Yes. Doesn't have to be your girl. Could be it could be a guy or your partner. Could be. My boo. So four three. Four three. Your boo. Bay. That's right. Um, Grace, if you're bent, what are you? Um. Oh. Uh, I are need you multiple choice. Tired? Are you intoxicated? Are you sleepy? Are you married? Oh no! Um, I'm gonna say intoxicated. Yes. Okay. <laughs> she sneaks that one in like she doesn't yeah, really know. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what is that? Four four. Uh, yes. Uh, four four. Yes. Four four. Back to Scott. Back to me. All right. All right. We're going back to Scott. If someone ganks something, what have they done? S stolen it. There it is. That was more our error yes, right there. Definitely. Sorry. Grace, unfortunately, this is going to be our error too, but it relates well to Beastie Boys. Mm. What does B Boy stand for? B Boy. Is it Big Boy? Is it Break Boy? 
or is it Boogie Boy? Um, uh, Boogie Boy. Mm, no, nope. it's a Break Boy. Oh. So B Boy, Break Boy, Break Dancing. That's where that came okay. from. Okay. I don't know if you know what Break Dancing is. Makes sense. A little bit. <laughs> we'll have to All watch right, Breaking after this. That's right. That's a, Scott. This is this is more newer. So okay. This might be tougher for you. So what do you got? Four. What do you got? Five, four, four or four? Five, five four. for me. Five for you. Mm. If someone is mm. flexing, they are flexing or plexing. Pl- plexing with a bit p. Plex. Are they? Uh, I think they are thinking, like they're perplexed. Uh. <laughs> You want to steal, Grace? You want to jump in there and steal? Okay. No. Come on. Grace already said good job, though. That's a good point. I thought that was it. I just assumed it was right. I will Um, give you options. Whoever gets it first, is it A, juicing, B, sleeping, C, dancing, or D, fighting? I would say fighting out of all those. It is fighting. Fighting. (laughs) Flexing. Plexing. Who uses that? I've never Who heard that. that. I don't know. It's this must slang. be one of those East Coast, North Carolina rappers that you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who are we at? Grace? Yep, yes. Grace. I'm up 6'4 right. now. 6'4, Scott. Commanding lead. Yeah. Grace, what is a pig? Um, In urban so rap terms. Um... You got it. I know it. Scott yeah, knows this one, by the way. That. Very common in early 90s rap to talk about pigs. It's just someone who is... Mm. No? I'll give you... Yeah, I need multiple choice. Is it A, a fat girl? B, the police? <laughs> C, a friend? Or D, a brother? <laughs> I'm going to go with A. It's not a fat girl. So no. offensive, Gray. So offensive. <laughs> a pig is Popo. Popo, oh. the police. Oh, I, no, I gave myself never, a point, but that's, I didn't that. get it. Didn't <laughs> you don't get the point there, no. no. I wanted Just, to steal you, it. You're up 6'4". I thought you, you would don't know get better. Steal. No. All right, Scott, that's this it. is you. What kind of car is a cut? A cutlass? A, what, what specific brand is it? You're you're on the right path. You might have even had a cut. I don't remember. You had something like that. Yeah. You had a Buick. Yes. But, uh, is it a? Hold on. Um, is it a? Grace, you can always jump in and jump steal. In is it a BMW? <laughs> is it a C Cadillac? Is it a? I'm sorry, B Cadillac. Is it a C Lamborghini or is it a D Oldsmobile? I would. I'm gonna go with B. Because are you serious? Well, a Cadillac. I'm, yeah, uh, is it, it an Oldsmobile? Oldsmobile Cutlass? Well, that seemed Oldsmobile like the Cutlass. answer, but I'm trying to think of anyone that ever referred to their Oldsmobile in a rap. <laughs> Who wanted an Oldsmobile? That's right. I think Oldsmobile Cutlass was one of the first ones that really got hydraulics. Really? Yeah, back in the day. I mean, definitely a lot of Cadillacs. Yeah. But, so, all right. So you're still 6'4", six six right? Still 6'4". You're up, Grace. Mm-hmm. We're going to 10. Grace, this one, unfortunately, is going to be a lot older so i don't oh, no. expect you to know this one what is an 808 um, is it a a keyboard b a guitar c a drum machine or d a microphone um i'm going to say drum something 
That's right. Okay. Drum machine. <laughs> whatever, 808s whatever were the said. very common in the early 80s rap. They had a lot of 808 machines, which played the drum beats for them. Nice. Mm. In, in fact, the Beastie Boys make a lot of comments about 808s. Yeah. Well, no one All right, Scott. 6'5". Six 6'5". Five. Six five. What does skirt skirt mean? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> um, skirt skirt. Driving? Is it, uh, Grace, you can always steal. Steal Jump in it, there. Grace. Is it A, let's get drunk? A, B, let's get away? C, let's talk? I'm going. Or D, let's smoke? I'll take B. Dang <laughs> it. is B. Let's get away. Yeah. <laughs> skirt okay. skirt. <laughs> so I hear skirt skirt a lot from the Migos, which is who I wanted Grace yeah. to pick. I was trying to yeah. influence that yeah, a little bit. No. Uh, they, they do a lot of that. Yeah. They do a lot of uh, sounds. I love they? that style. There, it's uh, yeah. Juice World does it just on a couple of songs. It's there, but all right, mm-hmm. seven to five. Grace is seven up. five. Grace is up. Seven five. Grace, you got to come back strong. <sighs> if you diss someone, you are. If you diss them, you are, are you shooting them? Have you sold them drugs? Have you disposed of the body? Or are you just disrespecting them? <laughs> You're just disrespecting them, right? Yes, disrespecting them. <laughs> All those other ones are pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty rough. <laughs> Some of these I actually created my own. <laughs> yeah. Choice. Dissing someone. All right. Scott, so 7-5, seven, seven, right? 7-6 now. Seven six. Um, Scott, what does OG stand for? Original gangsta. That's right. <laughs> Eight six, Grace. Eight six. Oh, no. Closing in quick. Mm. Closing in quick, Grace. If someone is trill, what are they? Mm. Are they a smart, b athletic, c true and real, or d stupid? Um. I want it to be true and real. True and real. That's okay. right. Eight seven. Oh, oh. Eight, seven. There's guests coming. I'm sorry. There's guests. Yeah. No, crying, they're good. Crying girls in the background. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wait, found two more bunnies yes. behind the trash can. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, hon. I, I, I'm on a I'm on a podcast. Tell mommy I, I'm on a podcast. Oh, you're on a podcast. Yes. You want to say hello? <laughs> Hi. Hi. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Y'all can handle that. Yes, look at them. We have <laughs> we have bunnies that have been found oh, no. in the backyard. Yes. Well, that's fun. Is that slang All for kinds something? Of drama. Is that slang? No, 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 no. Is that what you there. call strippers? <laughs> just just bunnies in the background. Okay. Eight yeah. seven. <laughs> Eight seven. All right. Who's up? Who's up here? Me. Uh, okay. Me. Yeah. Scott's up. Yep. Eight seven. If you are flossing, flexing. Or stunting, you are uh, like showing off, is I guess what I'd say. Showing off, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm on the, the pole. Nine, seven. Oh, yeah. no. nine six on the pole. Grace, no, you're up. I can't up. let you get another one. <laughs> if you have lots of sauce, what do you have? Oh no, I have no idea. <laughs> you have, do you have a bills to pay? B out, outdated clothes. C, style or swag, or D, good rhymes? I'll say style or swag. That's right. Very good. 9-8. Eight. 
Grace, steal Nine this eight. next one. You steal. have to steal so it. Jump I, in there. Can you I cut be bold. and steal at any time? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Just, be just come up. Yeah, just answer. Here we go. Okay. That's right. All right, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to be fast. If something is off the hook, it is awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Grace, you were supposed to jump in there with a bold thing. Yes. Uh, All right. All right. Well, so I'm the winner. That's it. Tell we, we really know our urban slang. I am the group. urban slang champion. Mm-hmm. That's right. I don't feel All that right. bad about losing. <laughs> as you guys can see, this is not ri- <laughs> what we're about to He's talk about. He's got a lot about. more years on you. Yeah, yeah. a lot it, more years. This isn't really my. This in your area? No. no, no. Okay. So um, that was good. See, I'll chose this just for me. The rap yes. genre? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Well, and it had to come sooner or later, and I have had, <laughs> had several albums. Well, I wanted, there's several I've wanted to pick. And, uh, yep. and then when you and I started chatting about you coming on, we had, you know, some different ideas talking about different ideas, you know, different things we could talk about on here. But this seemed to make a lot of sense because we were both really into rap. I mean, I think yep. almost everyone was in our in our school, yes. uh, unless mm-hmm. you were just super country, <laughs> you know. Then and even those kids were into rap, you know. Yep. So, um, so I thought it made a lot of sense. So we've got, uh, let's do Beastie Boys first. All right, right. So we're going to talk about License to Ill uh, from the Beastie Boys. And you said, th- did the album come out in '86? Then it did. '86. Wow. Yeah, I know. When we were very young. And I will say, Grace, I selected this because multiple reasons. But I think, um, one, it's it's not too over the top uh, in the sense of inappropriateness, <laughs> right? And, and especially some of the different rap albums that we could have selected. Um, and it was pretty meaningful d- during that time. And I will get into that probably more later. But 86 rap really wasn't an industry. It wasn't really, you know, that big at the time. It was, you know, really pretty much an East coast, New York thing. And it was, um, it wasn't as mainstream really as a lot of other, you know, different genres. So, um, this was one of the albums that kind of took it nationwide, took it to a lot of different places, took it mainstream, took it to a lot of, you know, more, diverse audience I mean, essentially brought it to white people for lack of a better way of saying it. And, and it, it kind of dumb to say, but it was because it was a white group essentially probably that helped it push it to that level. Mm-hmm. So what's your first memory of this album, Bart? Was <laughs> well, it in 86? It was, it was probably 86, 87. Yeah. And it was definitely, you know, I told you about Jeff rules and Dennis in Texas yeah. and how cool I thought he was. And he would listen to it. And he was probably like, he was probably middle school, late middle school. And we just thought he was cool. And we listened to whatever he was listening to. <laughs> and, um, but my brother was big into rap too. And right. Precursor to beastie boys is run DMC. Yeah. And my brother loved run DMC. So he and I listened to a lot of run DMC and beastie boys actually went on tour with, um, run DMC too. So it was kind of right there in that same era, but those were the early memories. Definitely in Denison, um, you know, the, the songs I felt like great beats, you know, early style with, with early eighties rap. Um, although it was very different too, because it had that punk style yes, to it, yeah. the rock style to it too. So, yeah. I would say for me, it was middle school and I don't know exactly what year that would have been. So 86 would have been like 
fifth grade, I guess. Uh, I know, yeah. So for me, I feel like it was closer to sixth or seventh. Which probably no, it definitely hung. It hung around a long time. I can even I can even remember hearing Brass Monkey at like our high school dance. Oh yeah, definitely. High school, yeah, and like senior year in high school, definitely. I was never, you know, I I'll say uh, when you picked this, I was excited because I thought it was a good pick to kind of grab our generation. Um, but I was never a big fan at in those yeah. early years. I really wasn't. And I think even listening to it now, I have a little bit of it. Like, I think a lot of it comes down to uh, their voices. Like, it's yeah. kind of a much more whiny. Yeah. And they scream yeah. the whole time. <laughs> they do. And it's very whiny. Yeah. And two of them sound very much alike. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do. Ad Rock and Mike D sound very, very much similar. Yeah. But that's the the punk style too, which that they were coming out of a punk band. They were trying to create a punk band when they first started. Yeah, and that was the style of punk. So, you know, essentially yelled and screamed, and and so that was kind of their style. But then they you know merged into hip hop, which was kind of crazy to think somebody like that could just change genres. But they're only like you know, eighteen, nineteen years old when they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I really grew I so I grew to like them more on the next few albums that they have and honestly and this speaks back to those vocals my favorite uh, Beastie Boys album is um, the In Sounds from the Way Out which is all beats there's not a yeah. single word said on it's all instrumental it's all instrumental yeah but it's amazing and it's really good yeah. and again I like a lot of their stuff and going back listening to this brought back a lot of memories a lot of fun. Um, going through all the songs and everything, but yeah, well, at I'll the say time, too, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really love this album either necessarily. I mean, that's like not too much early, but it definitely felt like it was one that over time continues to grow on you, but oh, yeah. then also has plenty of holes and things that you don't like about it. Um, but even the Beastie Boys overall, I wasn't, you know, a super fan either, sure. Um, but I do recognize now, especially now I've done some research on them, like who they were and what that, how that was different in that era and just how important it was to rap music too. There's a really good um, documentary on them in on Apple um, right now that you can watch. That's kind of gives their full history. Yeah. And they do a good job with it. Yeah. I have to check that out. Grace, what were your thoughts on, on it? Had you heard of um, them before this? Uh, Maybe I'd heard the name. I didn't really know any, what any of their songs might be or like what that they were linked to them. I'd probably, I'd heard no sleep till Brooklyn fight for your right and brass monkey. I think mm-hmm. that's probably it, but no, I didn't know beastie boys. Yeah. And what'd you think of it? Uh, you know, this was a kind of a hard, probably the hardest listening period for me because mm-hmm. neither of these albums are mm-hmm. my my jam that's why it took this. that's why it took three months for us to have this podcast. it really yeah i would agree <laughs> with that not why that's not the only reason but it was helpful having extra time because there yeah. is and we've had a couple others like this where you mm-hmm. could not do it at the same time you can't yeah. and so we have that playlist on spotify and both these albums on it you can't just shuffle mm-hmm. these two it doesn't no. work at all. And you really can't even bounce from one to the other. In fact, I was thinking like, again, they're, they're not, neither of them are, you know, in 1986, this wasn't typical rap. 
And I would almost say, I guess Juice World's closer to typical rap, but probably not for what Bart and I would think of when we think about typical yeah. rap. He's a little bit more like mm-hmm. Post Malone singy rap. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, polar opposites. I don't know that we could have pulled two rap albums that <laughs> were more opposite yeah. each other in well, every I think, way. I think a lot of that goes back to how rap was then and rap is now too, in some levels. And that could be wrong, but. That's why I think I early on sent you a text. These are totally opposite. Yes. But, you know, this is Beastie Boys, 1986. These guys are like 18 years old. They live in New York. Their rap is very new. They're just trying to do whatever they can to make it mainstream or to just make a name for themselves, which I'm sure a lot of rap artists are doing that too. But they're just super immature yeah. and <laughs> willing to just do whatever <laughs> – in fact, in some of the research, it's like you know, these kids are like 16, 17 years old in Manhattan, New York, in New York City. And they're like going out to clubs listening to, you know, all kinds of different punk groups, yeah. which I don't I mean, I can't imagine sending my 16 year old out in the middle of New York City to go to clubs. But they were doing this. And um, and then they go, you know, sort of hit it big and we can get into it later, but I mean, they ultimately did whatever they could to make it. And it was all just fun. Let's have fun. Let's party. Let's, you know, have fun music. Let's be um, almost a caricature of ourselves. Let's be cartoonish. Let's be over the top. Let's be essentially over the top in every way. And Mm -hmm. and honestly, they, they started this all a number of their songs, including fight for the right, which we'll get into was all about, making fun of a different culture or a different mi- mindset and fight for the right was making fun of like the frat mentality, the frat <laughs> culture, but yet the frat guys then end up loving it. And then these guys yeah. are like, Oh, well we can make a ton of money and yeah. also have a ton of fun. So let's just embrace it. And they go out on a tour and they have lots of fun and they do it. And ultimately it leads to them changing who they are, which they change multiple times through the years and different albums and, you know, and get better over time or change who they are. And, but I think ultimately, I mean, I've listened to a lot of their later interviews and stuff and they don't like this first album at all. No, I could see that. It is. It's very over the top was the exact same thing. I was listening to it for the kind of last time in preparation for this when I was mowing earlier today and the (laughs) word, the over the top and just everything like, like, braggadocia just like oh just like so much of like that like you said a caricature of the most extreme of what they wanted to live their lives like or whatever because some of the stuff they're taught i mean they bounce from you know guns to girls (laughs) to everything well you hate to say it but i mean these are i mean we talked about who they were as far as but they were probably mid middle to upper income kids and they're in New York City, yeah, and you know they're Jew. They're all three Jewish guys, and I mean, do they relate well with inner city rap? <laughs> Probably not, but yet they jumped into sort of developing a style, and they re- really copied a lot of Run DMC. Oh yeah, I mean, if they're, yeah. They're, they're, the the way they bounce between who says what when, and that meant that's that structure is very Run DMC yeah. early rap structure. No doubt, and I think that the they that that is almost and it, it for me that always really worked well for run dmc when it got to them and i think it was just so 
I just could never understand. I was just like, man, what is happening right now? Well, and some of it too was, I think, you know, influence of Rick Rubin. I mean, this is going deep into it, but Rick Rubin was their producer. Rick Rubin was a guy they met when they were, um, he was in college and he created Def Jam. He and Russell Simmons who created Def Jam records. But Rick Rubin has a very rock style. Mm -hmm. Like he went on to produce a lot of the, Slayer and all these bigger bands that were hardcore metal rock. So their album, this whole album has this very rock style, but then also has them screaming in this punk style as well, but then also adapting hip hop sort of structure. Yes. So it has these weird, yeah. And you get, it, honestly, it gets very annoying very quick, but <laughs> the beats are good. The, the, the rhymes are funny. And honestly, they talk about the rhymes too, where they just kind of, um, you know, basically come up with things that they think are funny and, yeah. and, and goof on each other and goof on things all the time. Cause they're 18 year old guys coming up with stuff. I, and I think I've always loved the beats and the lyrics to me are important. Uh, but it's only to me, I think with rap flow has always been more important than the actual lyrics. The lyrics mm-hmm. are like, you know, the bonus for me, but yeah. And their lyrics are often they, they on this album. And again, it sounds like they would agree. It's <laughs> just so <laughs> immature. And yeah. then also, so it felt like it was a step back in terms of flow. Like they were going back to a very elementary style of rhyming. Uh, yes. And it was taking a little bit of a step back. But again, thinking of it in 1986 and putting it in reference with that, it probably wasn't a huge step back. It, I mean, it may have been a little bit for some of the other guys coming out, but it wasn't yeah. probably a big, big step back at all. Well, and I do time. think, too, it's important to note with history of rap, too. I mean, mid-'80s, early-'80s rap was was pretty – it was all about party music. It was all about having fun. There wasn't these really deep undertones with gangster rap wasn't around, so it really wasn't that talking about violence at yeah. all, although they do get into it a little bit. but And it definitely wasn't big into drugs and or the drug scene. It was all about sort of having fun and probably some drinking and, and some immaturity for sure. But um, there was just a different style to it. Yeah. And and so they tried to bring that out, I'm sure. And But you're right, the rhymes were, were pretty um, just whatever rhymes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It does. It does make for some funny. It does. So from, for some funny lines that I think stand up too. In yeah, time. they do. Um, Grace, what was your, uh, so do you have a favorite song from the album? Um, I mean, I tend to find like a favorite sequence or pairing of songs for this album. It was just, it was like three that are think, I think are kind of in the middle. It was Girls, Fight for Your Right, and No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Yeah, those are all mm. in a row. That's, and I was going to say it's interesting because yeah. uh, I always feel like like my, the most annoying song on the album is Girls in my mind. <laughs> exactly. I can't no stand that. Like, oh, let's no. just give it just a yeah. little listen. Like, just the right. beginning and everything of this. This is the height of the annoying voice. Yes. And really, again, the beat's good, but this weird little keyboard cadence in the background. <laughs> well, this, this whole thing is a play on a 50s style, you know, doo-wop. Yes, kind of thing. yeah. 
So this is Ad-Rock, which is um, Adam Horowitz, I think is his name, who wrote this one. And But it was very different, for yes, sure. no doubt. And, but extremely annoying. Yes. But I will say, this is the one song, and this is the one song I remember, definitely Jeff Brohl's singing all the time. Yeah. And thinking how cool he was to you know be singing this song. And, but it, it totally misogynistic song. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a good um, <laughs> view of women and and. Put, paints a pretty bad picture, pretty immature picture of them yeah. right off the bat. But I don't think this one went as big. I mean, No Fight, uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn was probably their biggest song. Yeah. I will say, too, I mean, this is, and we were talking about it earlier, how this becomes, you know, kind of a gateway into rap for a lot of people. Like, this is the first album to become a number one single for rap. And, like, so and it was fight for your right or no sleep no no not not song oh the The album album went number one okay the album overall and the song i think fight for the right was the biggest like i think it was a top 10 song yeah but no no song actually went top 10 which i guess is a little rare that you'd have a top number one album without having a top 10 song yeah or without having a number one song but um still it was interesting that you know some of these songs are pretty brutal yes (laughs) uh what about least favorite grace Least favorite, um, that was harder to pick because, oh. <laughs> they all merge together. <laughs> they do. Like, the other ones, I think it do- does kind of just all fit together because they're just kind of screaming. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's... Um, you don't have to have one. I mean, I mean no. There I isn't. Think, like here's a, the thing I think. The last few times I've listened to it is it is consistent. This album is very consistent all the way through. Even though Girls is my least favorite and annoying, it's not like mm-hmm. there's a hole in the album. Like Sometimes like we've talked mm-hmm. about other albums, and I can't think of one in particular right now, but like even on Michael Jackson's Thriller, uh, when we talked about yeah. it, Bart, and I don't know how the last time you went through that album, but there's a hole in that album. It's towards the end. Mm-hmm. There's one song that just doesn't belong. It doesn't belong mm-hmm. there at all. It doesn't go. It's not classic Michael, that genre, you know, or whatever. It's just very out of place. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't, man. It feels like you are in one frame of mind from beginning to end. And yeah. as ridiculous a frame of mind as that may be, they hold true to it the whole way. I mean, it never slows <laughs> yeah. down. It never, I don't think they have a miss, you know, on this yeah. for sure. But I, I will say like for me, the least favorites are the ones that are the most popular. And, and it's maybe because you've heard them so many yes. times yeah. through the years, but you're right. Girls fight your fight for your right. And brass monkey are my least favorites now. Yeah. And go and going back through it, it was like listening to the ones that I really probably didn't pay as much attention to, you know, like, Time to Get Ill, um, The New Style, Paul Revere. To me, those are funnier, especially if I matched them up with the lyrics yeah, now. Yeah. To look at the lyrics and kind of laugh at some of the rhymes that they were try- trying to do back then. Yeah. But that that made it more enjoyable to me. Yeah. And, and the the beats on some of those are also really good. Yeah, they are. And I mean, some of this stuff too is very big bass. I mean, Grace, you have no idea. In our era, bass was king. I mean, if you put bass in a song, everybody <laughs> just loved it. Yeah. We, we they would drive around in their cars just you know, and all you could hear was the bass. Yeah. Oftentimes, you couldn't hear anything other than the bass. <laughs> yeah. Even if you That's were right. in the car with the speakers, it was like the bass was so overpowering. 
Yeah. And we'll talk about this every once in a while. I can't remember what we were listening to the other day, but I was like, sometimes I wish our speakers were on the outside so we could force everyone around us right now <laughs> to have to listen to girls with us. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, you know, one of the uh, ones for me that going back and I, it was like, again, I could, I knew how the flow went to the song and there were parts of it I could just even rap with them is she's crafty, mm -hmm. but listening mm -hmm. to the actual lyrics and the story of it is hilarious. I mean, it's yeah. really, really good. Um, again, I think that was probably the biggest thing. If I had an opportunity on any of this, it was focusing more on what the lyrics were and kind of what they were saying with some of it. Some of it didn't age well, but there's a ton of stuff from that era that has not aged well just because of what's considered appropriate or inappropriate now compared to then. But um, I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's It probably got better for me. Like when you first said it, I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> You're like, yeah, man, yeah, really? Really? All the great stuff we've got? But uh, uh, I wanted to give you a good bass line, right? Well, I mean, there's definitely some better rap early albums. Yes. But you you know want to have a good history yeah. and then you have want to have a good reference point and a good foundation and yeah. i wouldn't say that they were you know i'm sure there's plenty of early rap artists that discredit them altogether and don't think they were very important or very impressive sure but they still i, I will say this they they took it from a a, a, a genre or i guess a, a style that wasn't necessarily as fully yeah. mainstream and, and took it to small towns i mean if they took it to small town texas yeah which and this is probably the first album i really remember i mean i definitely remember run dmc but i had a brother that was in the rap i don't think i would have remembered you know other things before yeah beastie boys really as well well and to give you the benefit of the doubt you're coming onto a podcast with one of your best friends and his teenage <laughs> daughter. There's a lot of pitfalls there for what album you pick of our generation no or rap. Yeah. I mean, in fact, there were well, several of them. I went back and in the when before you we decided you were going to do it, and I had started looking at albums. It was like, man, there's so many great ones where there is one or two songs that aren't just mm -hmm. bad, but they are so mm -hmm. crazy bad now, and most of them having to do with. Uh, feelings towards or treatment of women that I was just yeah. like, I don't know if I can sit there and like get into that, you know? I mean, yeah. some of it, uh, and we will. I mean, and again, it's not like we censor a ton in terms of music or whatever, but um, mm -hmm. I would say there were a few where I just kind of kept putting them off and off. So I think this, mm -hmm. you were in a tough spot, and you, I th I'm calling it a win <laughs> for you on, on picking a good <laughs> album here. Well, thank you. It was not, agreed. Not an easy thing to do, but um, it's still fun to go back and listen to some of these early albums. Yeah, for sure. So, Grace, then a test for you, or not a test here, but this is what I'm wondering. So, and I can't even, I don't know if you've got a list of all of them that we've done from earlier generations, but would this be in the bottom half or the top half of the albums from our generation <laughs> that you've listened to? Um, I think, no, I think it's at the, Bottom of uh, the total bottom. I mean, the bottom bottom. I remember y'all had like so. a Duran Duran. Yeah, right you're there. taking yeah. Duran Duran over this. <laughs> yes. Oh man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, hold on. This there was someone else you really didn't like, like, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. This whole album was just kind of like 
I couldn't imagine someone <laughs> listening to this music like super seriously. <laughs> like I said, Girls is one of my favorites, but I just it just makes me laugh. It's a silly yeah. song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the funny <laughs> thing is, is I think they thought that some of their songs would become dances because early '80s rap too. A lot of times would have a song that would become a dance. And so I think Brass Monkey and some of these other songs, they were trying to like incorporate, like, how do we make this a dance? <laughs> so people really get into yeah. it. But yeah, you're right. The style is, you can't dance to the Beastie Boys. No, really. you can't. The, the, their songs are too out there. It would be like right, a mosh pit. And basically. It's a mosh pit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I wasn't expecting that, though. The no. very bottom. The bottom of the bottom. <laughs> the very bottom. <laughs> But I kind of, I could get it a little bit. Like, you know, it is, I, in fact, to me, another thing that came to mind, I'd written this down in my notes, was it feels, I can, I feel like it should be Andy Samberg and Lonely Island covering a lot of this stuff. You know, like it feels like a Saturday Night Live skit sometimes, yeah. some of the stuff they do. Well, um, you joked in a previous episode, I remember listening, because I think I'd sent you the video where they were spoofing yes. one of their videos. Yeah. But it was Will Ferrell and some of these like John C. Riley in them, I believe. Yeah, John yeah. C. Riley and all these guys that were, and it was, I think it was, no, it wasn't Fight for Your Right, but it was one of their one of their songs. Yes, it was just really long. Like yes, 10, 15 minutes, almost like a mini movie. It. Yeah, mini movie. Yeah. It really was, and it had multiple like really big stars in this little mini movie. Yeah. all throughout the movie, but they were all kind of an homage to it, but. Yeah, it was it was funny for sure. Yeah, and that's probably influenced it. Well, and we've kind of got it playing softly in the background right now. And this, I'm going to turn this one up. This is the most SNL one to me. Just again, the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, it's just very like, much the style. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, one of the things I really love with this is there's like this use of backwards, like they took and reversed drum beats, I'm assuming, and and like a hi-hat. It's all in back, you know, done backwards on the song. Again, I almost think it, it reiterated to me like, and I did go back and listen to a couple of their other albums is like, the, man, they were fantastic musicians. A lot of really great beats mm. behind all of this. And uh, I, I want to watch that documentary on Apple. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, it's really good because it's, it's well, I heard a, they have a book, too, a memoir that they wrote. And I think this is kind of putting that memoir into visual form. But it's it's funny because you get their personalities, too. Yeah. They, it's the two guys that are still alive because one of them's passed now. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Yalk has, has passed away of cancer. So... Um, I don't, you know, they're, they're probably not going to be doing any new music and they're also like 50 year old guys yeah. at this point. So yeah. <laughs> I don't see them doing anything new anytime soon. Yeah. Well, good album. Good pick. I, I don't know where I'd rank it in comparison to some of the other ones. I mean, again, I, I'm not a big fan. It's definitely ahead of Duran Duran though, Grace. <laughs> um, good album. It's yeah. the worst yeah. ever, yeah. <laughs> but good album. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a good pick though. Any, any final thoughts on Beastie Boys before we move on i think we're good all good all right (laughs) so grace's album was legends never die by juice world grace Mm -hmm. how much did you know about juice world or had listened to juice world before this um i knew lucid dreams from the radio and honestly that's about it like i knew that he was kind of big i knew that he is no longer with us 
and I I just found this album looking at the like top rap albums of 2020, and I was just like, this one looks good. Let's pick it. <laughs> yeah. And I do think this ended up being a good pick because this is more like the emo rap hip hop type thing, and it it is very different than Beastie Boys. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. So different. Again, you go from what you would call over the top, um, <laughs> whatever you want to say with Beastie Boys, but over the top is the best way I can think to put it, extreme. Mm-hmm. And like I said, very braggy, very, I love the uh, thing Bart said where it's like a caricature, almost just like a cartoon character of what they wanted to be or what they saw as cool or were making fun of to basically this album that when you really listen to it and get into the lyrics, I mean, and then to know that he's no longer with us, um, I mean, man, it's sad. It's tragic. This album is absolutely tragic, and he's screaming for help throughout it, it feels like now, when you go back and listen to it. And uh, I don't know. It's very... And like with a lot of the music I feel like right now, there's a lot of mental health in it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And whether it be like this, kind of a rap hip-hop album, or, you know, Billie Eilish stuff has some of that mixed in with it. Some of the other ones that we've listened to from this new generation, Mm -hmm. that's very much part of it, uh, where we've gone from this kind of and, it, and it's really generational because you even think about metal and rock in the 80s well it was all all about how awesome Fresh i mold. am how many exactly. how many women am i hooking up with how much money do right. i have whatever whereas now, now everybody's in touch with their emotional side yes everybody knows, everybody's willing to share yeah their deepest darkest secrets exactly and uh mm-hmm. but it makes you wonder i mean obviously i think that's healthy to be able to share that stuff but why? How was no one catching it with this guy, mm-hmm. and and maybe able to help him a little bit more? Is it just impossible when someone's that big at that level to really, you know, help? I mean, yeah, he probably had like a whole. Well, I don't know. I don't really know how big he was at the time he died. I think he died in mm-hmm. December of twenty nineteen. Yeah, and um, I mean, I'm sure he had like a team around him. Um, yeah, I just don't know. Like, it, it makes me think of Demi Lovato and, like, her recent... She's done, like, a series on YouTube, and her new album is called Dancing with the Devil, I think. And she had an overdose and similar problems with that. And it's... I don't know. Yeah. Like, it, she has a whole team around her trying to help sure. her, but it, it's still, like... It's hard to kind of help her. Well, it kind of goes, wow. too, to, like... There's points in this where he not just clearly says he needs help or whatever, but he also even examines that at parts where he just says it's it's like there's so much money and that doesn't really mean anything. But it's like there's several points in this where he's kind of almost saying he doesn't know what's real in terms of relationships, whether that be with girls. There's one where I think Grace and I were talking about where he's kind of referencing, I believe, where he's talking about groupies. And people that are with him only to be with him. So it almost becomes this, how much of that is real in that everyone around him is like, yeah, we want to help him. But also if we don't just continue to throw codeine and oxy at him, it's not, you know, it's not going our direction like we want it to or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, or there's not room for me in his life without that or whatever. I think that's absolutely it. You got people who are, 
riding sort of the gravy train of being around him and they're probably not willing to um, make a point to say, Hey, you got to stop. You got to slow down or whatever. And they're probably, you know, enjoying it as well. Oh, enjoying yeah. the ride and not wanting to have anything slow down and, you know, love living the lifestyle. And he's the key to it. Yeah. Not them. What about you, Bart? Had you heard of juice world prior to this? I don't think I had, I think I'd heard lucid dreams maybe a couple times before you mentioned it. Um, but when, once I put it on, I was like, yeah, I mean, I maybe heard this guy before, but immediately I was kind of blown back by sort of just the, um, content. Yeah. The content and the impact of sort of how deep it was or how desperate it was or how depressed he was and just, Sure, the lyrics are good, but just like we said earlier, it's it's almost the opposite of, yes. of Beastie Boys because they were over the top in a party mentality and you know sort of all those bad things with that, and he's over the top uh, just in a very depressed state in a very yeah. rough situation, and and that's no stranger to rap either. I mean, there's certainly plenty of of rap that touches on that, but I do think I, I went back and started thinking, okay, how does this differ? from rap in the 80s and 90s. And I do think even with like NWA and some of those early rap albums, plenty of references to drugs. And in fact, I found some you know, research that showed that how much drug you know, in lyrics has increased over time. Yeah. But the difference though, I think, is early rap was not necessarily using of mm-hmm. drugs. It was more selling of yes, drugs. Yeah. It was more the lifestyle of being around drugs or being in the hood and, and sort of working your way out through drugs and selling of drugs. But it was sort of this mentality of I'm smart enough to be over the over the fact that I don't want to use it and will mm-hmm. maybe use other people that are around me that are. Mm-hmm. And then this is kind of the opposite. Like I'm I'm deep into it. I'm using and I can't get out. And I'm, you know, cry for help, how to get out. But I'm also enjoying this lifestyle as well. But big difference too, because now all of a sudden you got this rap sort of is is truly a, a genre, is truly a um, lifestyle, is is everything as far as a industry of, of rap music. Yeah. In early '80s, like back to the Beastie Boys, there was no industry of rap music. It was just you went out and tried to create a album and for the best yeah the you know this was one again i think what made it tougher to listen to too is trying to bounce back and forth so i quit that pretty early trying to go from (laughs) one to the next and so i really uh i feel like i focused a week or so on beastie boys and then i'd kind of flip and focus the next week on on juice world and um the that helped quite a bit but i will say it really grew on me over time um, and I really, the first time I listened to it, I was just kind of like, man, there's certain songs I like, but I don't know. And then it was kind of digging into the lyrics, kind of opened my eyes up to a little bit more of it. And I think it was just like anything, um, is the more, if it's good, if it's good music that someone is genuine about, I think the more you listen to it, it just grows on you. I feel like I've learned that with several of the albums Grace has picked, yeah. where you go into it the first time thinking, you know, what? Billie Eilish. And then, <laughs> honestly, like, I love Billie Eilish now. And uh, there's been a lot of the artists that are like that. And this guy's definitely one of them. And it's really just a shame that there's not going to be, like, he's not going to be creating anything new. Obviously, yep. 
there will continue to be stuff of his. Like I saw somewhere, and maybe you were telling me that there's like a thousand hours. I he died with two thousand unreleased songs. Two thousand oh. unreleased songs <laughs> that can obviously be taken those lyrics and laid down over different beats, where sure. he'll mm-hmm. still be have collaborations with the weekend yeah, or marshmallow yes. or whatever, you know? Um, I think the difference there is he's still, he's never going to age. He's never going to mature. Exactly. And I saw a lot of immaturity in who his album or his, his lyrics as well. Yeah. But the difference in like a beastie boys is they literally had a 30, 40 year career in which the later stuff was much better. Their lyrics are much better, deeper, whatever. And he probably would have gotten there too over time. Like a lot of other rappers do yeah. as well. Just have, but he's going to have all these lyrics that, you know, depending on whether or not they can really produce, you know, some of that stuff. Yes. But you're right. They probably could use it for another mm-hmm. 20 years if they want. They want to keep trying to put stuff out. Yeah. When I first listened to it, I had the same thought of this is setting, this is setting flow back, you know, several years is what it felt like. But then I think that's just kind of more how, what it's evolved into. You hear there's a lot of guys that have a similar, uh, type of style that uh, now is just, I guess that's the that's where you're at. You know, I mean, whatever the height of of lyricism and flow might be in your mind, you know, like whether it's someone like you know Jay Z or Eminem or, or Tupac or whatever, well, it's just changed. And I think mm-hmm. you know, kind of what people are into, and I get that. Uh, but you're right; there are certain spots in this where it feels like. Um, it felt like a immature or just like there could have been a better way of kind of, of, you know, wording or flowing or rhyming there or whatever. But again, I, I think it was, it was good. Bart, did you have a favorite song on it? Um, I liked some of the, you know, the, the ones that I guess are well known wishing well conversations. I, the, the two I actually liked were man of the year and come and go. And those were two, mm-hmm. I think that were more upbeat and were a little bit more poppy. Yes. And and had more of a sound like, uh, um, I guess maybe a little bit like um, um, fun. Yes. Like those, yeah, this, yeah. Man of the Year and, and Come and Go both have a kind of fun mentality of sound to them. Yeah. And, and I think part of that for me is like one of the ones I just continuously, like if I'm just walking through the room and yelling at, you know, uh, the Alexa to play something or whatever, it's it's basically going to be come and go just because yeah. it's mm-hmm. like a fun song. And mm-hmm. and this one is as well. I get that. And I think both the songs, the one of the reasons they stand out is because they break up yes. what is... The sadness. Yes, <laughs> which is basically, yeah, the sadness. And even with, with, uh, with come and go, I think, uh, you know, at the bottom of it, it is... Even that one's kind of all about relationships and dealing with relationships or whatever. Um, but again, Marshmallow kind of saves it by just <laughs> turning it into a, yeah. a dance party song, basically. Yeah, his, yeah. if you get into his lyrics on any of the songs, yes. even though it may be um, upbeat and fun, sometimes he's throwing a lot of stuff in there. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. You're still dealing with a lot of stuff here. What about you, Grace? Did you have a favorite? Um, well, Man of the Year and Come and Go, obviously, like those, not just because they're breaking up the sadness. I do think those are just, they are like great songs. I like them. Um, I usually skip Smile, but I do really like The weekend's voice on it. 
Just mm-hmm. the song isn't that much for me. My actual favorite, though, because I don't want to make any of those ones my favorite, um, I would say Righteous. Ooh. Yeah, I really like Righteous as well. Right, uh, Bad Energy and Righteous were my top two, mm-hmm. and they're back-to-back. And I think, again, I, you know... I think once I really got into it, listened to it, learned more about him, I kind of embraced that tragic sound, I think, and kind of embraced the um, how sad this is or whatever. And the, both those songs, I think, you know, they, they are very low, monotonous, uh, or monotonous isn't a good word, but just very... I mean, they don't sound tragic by any means, but the, you can feel the tragedy behind them in the in the lyrics a little bit. Um, yeah, he has, both of those songs have very distinct um, lyrics that he throws out. I, I actually wrote them down. The in bad energy, it's oxygen pricey. Pour the codeine in the high C. Yes, <laughs> blood blood red blend in the high C. And then just lots of talks of demons all throughout. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's all about demons. Both of those are and about then, demons and how he deals with it with drugs, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite lyric on that on, on, on Bad Energy is he says, I watched, just toward the end, he said, I watched the crowd and crack a smile. I have a job to lead them out. Where he's basically, to me, he's saying, like, I don't feel good. I'm mm-hmm. mentally in a really dark spot, but I have a job while I'm on stage mm-hmm. and I can do it, you know? Um, mm. which again, sad in that he was able to recognize that, but you know, not necessarily fix it or get into a better spot. And I went out and watched some of his live stuff. And again, I don't know how big he had gotten. I know some of the live stuff I watched, I mean, there was, it was huge arenas full of people, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in 2019, maybe even late 18. Um, and man, he was really good entertainer live. I mean, it was yeah. definitely... And again, I think this is this was released after he passed, and it has yeah. that feel. And maybe that's what they intended. I didn't go read that mm-hmm. much about what the producer was trying to do here, but a lot of his stuff prior to that had a little bit more of a optimistic feel to it, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And he was really good on stage, and uh, well, the one, a lot of the, fun. One, one of the interludes, I think it's late in the album, talks about um, his style, his free flowing style, mm-hmm. and how how good he was. And I think it's hard to understand because you, you know, obviously listening, but I think one of them is Eminem yeah. telling about how well he flows and his freestyle ability. And, um, I went and looked and there was a, a long, I don't know, can't remember the name of the, um, podcast or whatever it was, but it was live. And he, he freestyled for like 50 minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Straight. some of that stuff on YouTube. Where he's done and I was like, the idea of trying to do that is crazy. Yeah. But he was out there doing that, and they were referencing that I think in the interlude yeah. too. And but it gave me more of a perspective. Like he really does have some serious freestyle skills. He was very musical. He had you know really good understanding of, of rap music and how to you know put you know a rap together, put songs together. Uh, they were talking about his ability to you know give him a beat and he'll put together two great songs back to back on the same beat, and you just had to figure out which one makes sounds better yeah. or works better. Yeah. Do you have a least favorite Bart? Um, I did not like the ones that were probably like really misogynistic, really rough on women um, or really like selfish. I think there were two. I want it was one of them. Yeah. It was kind of his version of a, a love song mm-hmm. gone totally awry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Screw Juice, which was, I can't remember all the, the reasons why for that one, but um, 
maybe it was like how deep it was into um, just the drug mentality because screw juice. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know anything about this stuff before I started listening, but codeine and um, lean and screw juice, all the, these words for yes. what they were, yeah. drink, what they drink, where they put codeine and high C or codeine and Sprite and drink it. And I just feel like, yeah, that's, that's, that's some deep stuff. Yeah. Just some rough stuff too with women that I feel like really bring out a lot of immaturity too. Yes. Yeah. The, um, the one that the blood on my jeans, which is kind of one I, and I went out and tried to look into that one a little bit. And so this isn't my original thought on it, but it sounds like it's about groupies and he's basically Mm -hmm. trying to acknowledge to the one they loves that he's also, you know, hooking up with these groupies on the road or whatever. Um, but I, to me, the one that it sticks in my head, but I really don't like it, is Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you ruined that one for Yeah, me. I apologize. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really like it to begin with. It was just kind of... But then when you would always start singing in the I'm middle of the day. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Now, Bart, did you ever get the sense that when he uh, raps, flows, sings, whatever, that he's British? Mm, yeah, a little bit. Doesn't it yeah, sound like it? A, mm-hmm. But did you I go watch him like he was a, speak any? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. he's not. So, I mean, but it was almost no. like as soon as he goes into this musical mode, and I watched one where he would speak, and then he would freestyle mm-hmm. for a little while, and it mm-hmm. all has just a completely different sound, which is kind of mm-hmm. neat. Uh, yeah. But I swear, the first few times I went through this, I thought he was British. I had to go yeah. look. Like, where's this guy from? I can't Did remember you catch the answer. How he, how he chose his name, Juice World. Uh, I know Juice was from Tupac's movie Juice. That's right. And he Tupac's ca- he, movie Juice. Yeah, he references Tupac and on one of the songs in this. I can't remember. He does. That. Yeah. And he, I think the reason he chose the name Juice, or they gave him the name Juice, was his one of his hairstyles early on was like Tupac's in the movie. Yes, I heard Where him he say that high, in the interview. He had a little bit more of a high top. Yes. Fade. Yeah. That may be. Um, so right now what we're doing, I don't know if you listen to our last mu- movie ones, but we are next. The next uh, topic for movies is guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. And I had thought about juice as a potential mm-hmm. one for, for the one I pick Derek, Boys in the hood. Derek picked uh face off. That's, I, I did hear him say that. That's the classic <laughs> that's guilty funny. pleasure one. It's almost yeah. like, I feel like boys in the hood is too good. It is Juice probably is too. Uh, it almost needs to be one where the you can go Friday. The but the, the again, I feel like it's too good. I don't know. Maybe all my guilty <laughs> pleasures, I held them on too high of a pedestal or something. You do, I think. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think your daughter will see them and be like, yeah. I don't think yeah. this is so good. Friday is probably a really good one. Uh, we'll see though. We've yet to watch Face Off, but we will. Yeah. What about you, Grace? Face Off. Did, did you already say your least favorite? Um, no. Titanic. Yeah, because of me. <laughs> because of yes. me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dads have a way of doing that. Yeah. Well, uh, and that's why the one more than anything, right? That's where I listened to that a few times, and then I would start singing it, and I found myself <laughs> over the topping the British accent kind of, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where's this guy from? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Again, I, I like the album. I was telling Grace before we started, I will now go listen to all of the other stuff Juice World has done because I like really? it now and it's it grew on me and um 
there were other other ones like I said the 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 current rap group I guess that I really really like that's more modern is Migos. I was really hoping she was going to pick Migos <laughs> to the point that I just like to run around. I like to be the backup guy. So when you <laughs> say the rhyme, I just go get it. <laughs> skirt, skirt. <laughs> I just want to be that guy, right? Um, but I don't. Maybe know. next time, Grace, you pick a, a much better rap album, and I'll pick a much yeah. better. Rap album. <laughs> uh, um, where would you rank this on all of the modern albums we've done? Do you ooh. think is this maybe your new favorite? No, up there. No, no, no. I wouldn't put this ahead of Too Billy. I wouldn't put it ahead of Billy. I wouldn't put it ahead. Who are the other ones I've really loved? Give me some of them. NF. I. I guess That's I'd hard. put it ahead. It's it's really close to NF, and it took a while longer to get there. But I would say, I like. There's it a some lot. similarities. I mean, NF is definitely deeper too. Yeah. I didn't, I had not heard of NF until yeah. y'all brought it out, and, and I listened to it a few times, it, and I like it. He's another great example of mental health. Like that it one is, album yeah. we There's did, deeper, it was almost yeah. all about anxiety, depression. Again, how he's coping with it versus what Juice World was doing to cope with it. That would be the big, mm-hmm. big difference between those two guys, but. Um, yeah, NF is really like the only that's the extent of my rap listening, yeah, and it's kind of minimal. So, I, I just want to be clear I don't hate rap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Thinking of other guys I really liked from that, I mean, I think Sam Smith's right there in that same conversation, some good stuff. Mm-hmm. I've, I can't remember, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, He's up there. He's definitely in the top half, I would say. Juice World yeah. is. Um, but I don't know. It was good. It it uh it took a while. Both the albums or this this album took a while for it to grow on me. Beastie Boys, I had to get through it a few times to start focusing <laughs> on other parts, I guess, to really like think, all right. Yeah. They and it is a great great album in terms of it has a place in history that is uh bigger than most. Uh and you're right that the impact it had on that genre and the listening audience is, mm-hmm. is probably, I don't know. I don't want to say second to none. There has to be something out there as big as that. No, but. they're definitely, I mean, NWA was probably even bigger yeah. in that first album. But I, mean, but I will say one of the cool things I, you know, listened to a um, interview with Ad Rock, who's Adam Horowitz or whatever, one of the guys from Beastie Boys. And he said, one of the cool things about a rap is it really doesn't have enough longevity to have this great understanding of the history yeah. and nor is the history important because the most important thing is being creative and developing new stuff. Exactly. And so like new stuff, like the guys today don't care about the old stuff yeah. and nor should they. Yeah. He was essentially being self-deprecating and saying, it's okay for them not to care about us. We, we're not meaningful in the sense that we don't, it doesn't matter there's no connection between us and Juice World, but you know it, it's it, it's good because they can continue to build and uh, you know create their own music yeah. and do great stuff, and you know we can be who we were. It, and it becomes broader and broader with that as it changes yes. and, and brings on new ways of of uh, presentation, I guess. But you think about like the the ones that stand out so much are the ones that do have a change, you know, where there's a change, whether like you think about like Snoop Dogg's delivery, you think about Eminem's mm-hmm. flow, you think about uh, kind of really the production and beats behind NWA, which was all Dr. Yeah. Dre basically. And really, mm-hmm. I guess you could say Snoop was all Dr. Dre and Eminem was all Dr. Dre, but 
Um, all that stuff stands out because it was different. And I think even this modern stuff has that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And you there are elements. I mean, I was Beastie even listening Boys. to, I was listening to one of these songs and I was like, Oh, that sounds like bone thugs and harmony. Cause it had a lot of quicker yes. lyrics that were bone thugs and harmony style or mystical style yeah, that yeah. you and I loved. But you know, there's definitely touches of different artists throughout, you know, the new people, the new people. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that was fun. Um, so how about a little trivia, Bart? You ready for some trivia? Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah. a real quick setup on this. We've done this with two guests now, and mm-hmm. uh, the first guest was uh, Coach Dehack. He is the, a mm-hmm. coach here at Bridgeport. He joined us, and he still holds the belt. The second one was uh, Casey Keener, who came on and talked to us kind of about youth sports, and really it was awesome. Mm-hmm. We had a great time with her, awesome. but – uh, she's our longtime friend, neighbor, and she did not do well. So right now, <laughs> Coach D Heck still has the big WWF belt, uh, and I believe what I got what, what I got to get to beat him. I believe I he got seven out of ten. I think so. As, oh, as we're wow, doing this, I'll good. confirm. Now, yeah. one other thing that's different here, and whether you think this is good or bad, is, and I think I kind of alluded this uh, to this with you earlier, but it. Um, so that we wouldn't be under scrutiny and that we are longtime friends and, and, mm. and basically brothers, uh, is that uh, I didn't come up with any of the questions. Yeah. So Grace got to come up with all of them. <laughs> and them. I'm sure they'll kind of be in the same vein as to where we were uh, yeah. with others. So uh, Coach Dehet got a 60%. So he got six out of 10. So you got to get okay. seven wins it. Six means that the two of you will have to. We'll put the two of you we'll in a cage. A yeah, <laughs> the two of you enter a cage. Only one comes out. <laughs> Next time like you're it. in Bridgeport. How big a boy is he? Uh, he's a big guy. He played college football <laughs> at UNT. Oh, I don't know. I mean, he's definitely not the size he was then. I don't think, but mm-hmm. no. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Grace, ready when you are. Okay. First question. This is. Um, I, I decided to start off with our infamous question. That when we asked it to Coach Dehek and to Casey, I think it was just it, the answer wasn't good. But <laughs> you would you would think that this is something a lot of people would know. So all of these questions are about 1995, which was the year you guys graduated. Mm-hmm. So here's the question: Who is the Time Person of the Year in 1995? Time Magazine. I'm sure a lot of high school seniors are looking at Time Magazine. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, gosh, Time Magazine, 95. I... Bill Clinton was 96, so couldn't probably be him yet as far as his in, in becoming a president. Uh, I'm going to say, like, um, hmm. I guess I'll go to president. So George H.W. Bush. No, you were in like the right realm. Um, it's Newt Gingrich, who was the speaker of the House. Wow. Mm. Um, he was very popular. And a lot of people thought he was going to be president. All right. Bad start. Bad start. That's okay, though. That's a tough one. Neither of them got that one either. For for Coach Dehek, who was it? It was some. It was, yeah, it was, it was like. Oh, it was Vladimir it? Putin. Oh, God. He, he graduated like in 07. Uh, but yeah, that didn't. Not, neither of them got those. So don't worry. Okay. 
<laughs> You're not off to a terrible start yet. So now we have some sports questions. Ooh, yeah. Let's stay there. Do you know who won the Super Bowl in 1995? Oh, Dallas Cowboys. No, the 49ers beat what? the Chargers. So hold on. Oh, Cowboys were 96. No, the Cowboys were 95, let right? Me, let me look it up. Okay. Yeah, let's now spot check this. Me. Cowboys because won 91, 92, 90, or 92, 93, and 95, I thought. Uh, 94 was the 49ers. Oh, man. Bart, I think you're wrong. No, I mean. You think so? This is I'm just what Google year? says. On January okay, so here's, here's the question. But that's the 94 season. I'm going off the 95 okay. Football season, so, which would have been the Super Bowl in 1996. Look that Gosh. up. See who okay. won it. See who won it. <laughs> I think we did have to clarify this with DHEC. I almost interjected right there to say, hey, this would be, is this the 95 season All Super right. Bowl? You would have been right. Ooh. All right. So, so we're giving it to him. Let's go to the judges. Since judges. you had such an extensive knowledge <laughs> yes. and you listed so many reasons why you were right, I'm going to give you the point. All right. Nice. Oh, thank you. Okay. Scott knows this. I can argue until I get it right. Yes. right? <laughs> okay. What about the World Series? So, yeah. 19. Right. So, World Series, at least it's, it happened in October of that 95. calendar year, 95. So, that you were in, we were in college and a high school at this point because we graduated oh. in May of 95. Yeah. October of 95. We were. In freshman in college. May 95, you're right. October 95, you're yeah. right. Freshman year in college. Put yourself in that I'm spot. Say, you were, well, you I'm were living in that little house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can go. 91 is uh, 91 is Toronto. Oh, he's showing Toronto. off now. He's showing off. <laughs> the, um, I think the Marlins. 94 was the strike. No, actually, 92, 93 were, or, were Toronto. 94 was strike. 95. I'm going to say is the Atlanta Braves. That's correct. Oh, <laughs> well done. Does he does he get bonus points for giving you the entire decade? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go all the way through. I know, but you okay. probably could have. All right. Two and a three. Good start. 91 that's, was the Reds. That was great. Scott's year. No, 90 was the Reds. 90 was the Reds. Yeah, I'm wire sorry. to wire. All right. Okay. 91's Twins. All right. Who was the r- rookie of the year in the NBA? There's two listed so again since the nba season overlaps this is he won it at the end of 95 yeah okay this is tougher i don't know 95 i would say like it's probably like Shaq is already out and doing his thing man maybe like a um i'm gonna say like a kevin garnett Let's go, with Kevin Garnett. Okay, now that's not. It's not a good here. guess. A good. Well, I wouldn't know if it's a good guess yeah, or not. It but. is. <laughs> I think he was ninety six. Do you have a guess? Uh, man, I was gonna go. Gosh, so Kobe was ninety six. He was a rookie mm. in ninety six, but I guess that would have been meaning he was a. Uh, the se- season would have been ninety six, ninety seven. Um, man, I don't have a guess. Okay, I've Grant Hill oh. and Jason mm. Kidd. Grant Hill and Jason Kidd, a Duke That's guy. A Duke player, by the way. Gosh. I know I'm just a Duke player. I should have been better on that one. I would have known his year coming out. Okay, right, so I think that was four. the end of the sports questions. Oh no, here we go. Oh, gosh. oh no. 
So I got two of four. Is that right? Yeah. 50%. All right. Yes. Okay. This one I actually have information on confusion with the years. So the 37th annual Grammys were held in March of 1995. I think they're technically for 94, though. Who mm-hmm. won the best male pop vocal performance? Oh, gosh. So a single artist, I assume. It wouldn't be a group, right? It's not a band, not a group. No, yes, you're correct. Give me that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's always fun because right now someone, Bart, <laughs> is listening to this in their vehicle three weeks from now like, and they're screaming at you. Idiot, I know. <laughs> 95, all I hear is Montel Jordan over and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. And I'm <laughs> betting it wasn't Montel it. Jordan. <laughs> no, it was not Montel Jordan. Yeah. Um, let's see. 95 best artists. Do you say male? Best artist? Best male artist? Yes. Male okay. pop vocal performance. Pop vocal art performance. Um, let's go with, oh man. Music is not always my strong suit on the <laughs> trivia. Um Oh, I'm, I'm going to say breakout. Garth Brooks. Let's say Garth Brooks. Uh, we have Elton John oh. with Can oh, You Feel the Love man. Tonight. I, w- okay. I was going to say someone like kind of equally cheesy, not equally cheesy. Elton John's awesome, but cheesy like Michael Bolton. Like, you know, someone yeah. like that that just probably had some crazy album. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you are in panic mode because you've got five <laughs> yeah. left, and you can mm-hmm. you can only miss one more. Oh no! <laughs> to tie. Do I get any lifelines? Is there a bonus on this? <laughs> uh, lifelines. Ask a friend. Yeah, we can do a bonus. <laughs> yeah, there might be okay, a bonus. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. All right. Um. All right. That same Grammys. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this no, one. Does, this one could be better though. Best rap solo performance. Ooh. 95, I'm going to say, I mean, that could be too early for Tupac. It's probably Dr. Dre and Snoop. So I'm going to say Snoop. Mm-hmm. Unity from Queen Latifah. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Good questions, Grace. Good yeah. questions. <laughs> all right. This is not. Good. I gotta get them all from you. Got to run. Right? You got to run the table for a time mm. for a chance to mm. uh, to wrestle with Coach Dieck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What was the Billboard top year end song of 1995? So at the end of the year, what had the most? I guess weeks at the top, probably. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how those years you don't really remember anything as far as specific <laughs> things. Yeah. Uh, everything merges together. I, I don't know. I mean, like Whitney Houston was probably big. Bodyguard might have been big during that time. It might have been a couple of years before, but I can't remember. I want to go Whitney Houston. Bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Gangsta's Paradise. Oh, oh, oh my goodness. Coolio. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on, though. I can, that really does. Like, if I think of that song, I think yes. about driving around our senior year. Yeah, it that's does. a really good one, Grace. Okay. He just failed. <laughs> failed. <laughs> All right. Reigning champion. 
look at, we play it out from here? Yeah, we do. You got to play it out. You keep bringing Grammy stuff on me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I fix sports from here on out? Okay. All right. This one is from Forbes magazine. Who mm. became the richest person on earth in 1995? Warren Buffett? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. And only four other people have held that title in the last 30 years. And I think Bill Gates has had the most time at the top of that list. Uh, All right. That's another another one. So what do I got to do to beat the last place person (laughs) now? You're right in line with her, I would say. All right. (laughs) Two more. All right. What was the highest grossing film of 1995? It was also released in that year. Ooh, I got a good one here. I can remember. I can remember seeing this movie in 1995. Maybe it was 94. That's where it all merges together. But one of my favorite movies of all of all time, and I think it was high school, and I won Best Picture, Braveheart. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Braveheart won Best Picture. I want to say in either 94 or 95. I should have asked that. What question. was this? This was the top grossing. Yes. That makes perfect sense that it would be a, a yeah. Die Hard. Uh, you know, with a vengeance. Yes. And is number 10 a a song? Yes, I'm going to play a song. So we're going to play you a bit of a song from 1995. Do you you want to do a random one? You pick one. Okay. (laughs) Let me make sure we've got good volume here and everything. Uh, So I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not making this super easy on you because at this point you can't win anyways, Bart. You can't win. (laughs) Right. But I'm not going to make it super (laughs) hard. Don't embarrass me. I'm not going to make it super hard either. Um, All right, here we go. County Crows. No, no, John Piper. John Piper. Yes, John Piper. What was Blues it? Traveler. Yes, Blues, Blues Traveler. Traveler. He- I saw this. I saw them at Princeton Reunions. I think I told you this. Really? Yes, I saw him in a, in a tent, and he'd already lost all his weight, and he was rocking out with his harmonica. Just probably like 2010. You- I mean, little, little. There was probably like 100 people in the tent. Do you, really cool. do you know the name of the song? It's it's coming up here in just a second, I think. The heart brings me down. No, the, heart. the hook, the hook brings the hook. you back is what you're thinking. You had you, the, you had the cadence though. I could, you were there. <laughs> Oh. So close. It's one of those where I had the different lyrics. Right? The, the heart brings me down yes. <laughs> instead of the hook. Yeah, I think Juice World made you take it to a depressing place instead of. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I did like this one though. Yeah, remember I had a harmonica. Oh back yeah, when we lived I think I think um, Blues Traveler. So this guy Grace at the time this came out, the lead singer John Popper was probably. I don't know, 350, 400 pounds, yeah, big, big guy. guy. And I remember, I feel like he wore a belt of harmonicas. He, he had all different harmonicas he would, on. He would just pick one up yes. and start playing. A different one for a different key. Yeah, and he could really wail, too. He's a great vocalist. Yes. Um, and they were really big right in that time. So nice. that was fun. Right. But unfortunately, we still, <laughs> uh, you will not get the belt. We will not have to pay the exorbitant FedEx shipping fees to send the 30-pound gold-plated belt to North Carolina. It'll stay here in Bridgeport, Texas for now. All right. Oh, but that was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Maybe next yep. time. Maybe next time. Yeah. So, yeah, we would, uh, 
We don't know what's going to happen with the podcast, Bart. She's going to Stephenville, Texas. I know. Stephenville, Texas. What do you do? What do you do? Y'all can still do podcasts from afar. Yeah, yeah, we can still Zoom, basically, like we're doing right here. I think it would work pretty well. We will see. Maybe uh, get little sisters involved a little bit more, too. Pass mm-hmm. it on. So far, they have not seemed interested in that, though. Not receptive to that idea. Really? <laughs> yeah. well, I can hear, you sometimes hear Dylan in the background talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maddie's the She's one that usually, on. well, no, well, we only have three mics. So a lot of times Maddie will come out when it's the two of us and another guest and she'll just talk like she's got a mic. So we <laughs> yeah. call her micless Maddie in those moments. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of nice. fun, man. This was a, a, a lot of fun, awesome. Bart. Really enjoyed catching up. A lot of up. fun. Yeah, absolutely. I did too. And Grace, good luck to you. That's an exciting time for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. I assume you're coming up on graduation here soon, right? Yeah. We're, it is really close. Less than a month. Yeah. Four weeks, basically. Yeah, you're, you're doing no more podcasts yes. throughout the summer. She's, she's riding it out at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. She wants nothing to do we'll with that. See. We've got to at least watch Face Off. You might as well move on to the <laughs> <Yeah>. next generation. <laughs> we have to watch Face Off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be the true ender. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna face off is the end. <laughs> Nick Cage and John Travolta will put the final nail in. <laughs> what was the what was the number y'all were trying to get to to get rye bread or wheat bread or <laughs> wheat whatever bread. it's it gonna be the one hundredth episode. Yeah. The hundred. You're at forty seven. Yeah. Just keep making them out. Yeah, I think we could easily do. Don't that. Don't let them go like two hours like this one. Yeah. Just, you know. Thirty minutes on X and just put a timer on. At one point, we, we tried just, to do that. Yeah, we should just split this episode into ten parts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 47, 48, 49. <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah, we definitely could. Oh, it's fun. I appreciate y'all letting me do it. Yeah, it was fun for me. It was a good time, and I, I'll. Uh, I guess I'll get to see you in about six weeks. That's right. Yeah, be good. I. Uh, but we definitely appreciate you coming on. This was fun. Yep. All right, brother. Well, we will talk to you soon. Till next time. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. Bye.